Hello, my little strangelings. On this podcast, I discuss the world's folklore, myths, legends, and superstitions. I explore what these stories meant to the cultures that shared them, the different uses of lore in our modern-day entertainment, and the history of it all. Welcome to Folklore Friday. Have you ever wondered why people say, bless you, after someone sneezes? There are many different accounts as to the origin of this response. One belief is that it originated in Rome when the bubonic plague was raging through Europe. One of the symptoms of the plague was coughing and sneezing, and it is believed that Pope Gregory I suggested saying God bless you after a person sneezed in hopes that this prayer would protect them from an otherwise certain death. The expression may have also originated from superstition. Some people believe that the custom of asking for God's blessing began when ancient man thought that the soul was in the form of air and resided in the body's head. A sneeze, therefore, might accidentally expel the spirit from the body unless God blessed you and prevented this from occurring. Some ancient cultures also thought that sneezing forced evil spirits out of the body, endangering others because these spirits might now enter their own bodies. The blessing was bestowed to protect both the person who sneezed and others around them. So, which is it? Did it start during the plague, where few people had a chance of restoring their health, so any time someone sneezed, a prayer was offered? Or did it come from a time before Catholicism, when people feared that when they sneezed, a piece of their soul would escape? Tell me, what do you think? strangelings. I hope your summer is treating you well. Just This is just a quick editor's note for you. I really struggle to find the right music to layer into this episode. It's going to be a lot like the Valentine's Day episode, and I, and I just had a hard time finding the right fit. I'm sure it will be fine, but I really wanted more options. <laughs> and so one day I'll be able to pay for licensed music or royalty-free music, but right now I'm just using what's free because I decided I can't spend any more on the podcast. (laughs) So if you could do me a favor and leave me a review, leave me a review on any platform you're listening to the podcast on, and I'll tell you what that will help other people that are interested in these topics find it. And if I get enough people to find it, that means I can buy music. Oh my goodness. It's such a nerdy thing to be excited about, but I really want that. (laughs) I want to enrich this podcast and make it 
the best listening experience that you can have. And maybe one day, one day, I'll get enough people where I make income and I can buy some music. Ugh. What a nerd I am. Oh, and maybe one day, like, really quiet air conditioning. I'll tell you what, this room I'm recording in is about 90 degrees because the fan is too loud. <laughs> so I am in my bra because it's a freaking hot. So maybe one day I can afford that, too. That would be so exciting. <laughs> so if you could leave me a review, I would super, super appreciate it. Hello, my little strangelings. Welcome back. And I hope you're enjoying season two so far. This episode is going to be a little bit shorter than some of my other ones. And I think in the future, I want to do little snippets of things rather than long, long episodes. (laughs) Part of this is because, I don't know, I get really hyper-focused on things. And so sometimes I think I must learn everything and everyone will want to know. But I don't think that's the case. And sometimes it's fun just to get a little snippet and background on some things. So I'm going to be sprinkling some more episodes like that in this season. So enough with housekeeping. Today, I'm talking about birthdays. And I'm going solo this episode. And I'm going to go over some of the origins of why we celebrate the day we were born and which cultures that different practices came from. Now, when I started to do the research, I knew nothing. I knew my traditions, but I had no idea where they started, which is how I feel like a lot of people (laughs) think. So before I researched this topic, I didn't know any of the origins. (laughs) I knew the traditions that I do on my birthday and maybe others. And I knew maybe about a bar mitzvah and a bat mitzvah and a quinceanera. But why we blow out a candle? Why we even have candles? Okay. No idea. So this was very enlightening for me. And I think that's how I feel about holidays. A lot of us do these things and we have these traditions, but we don't know why or where they came from. So it's always fun for me to kind of pull out those strings and figure out where the different things came from. So some of the first birthdays mentioned on records started with the Egyptians. Scholars who study the Bible say that the earliest mention of a birthday was around 3000 BCE and was in reference to a pharaoh's birthday. But further study implies that this was not their birth into the world, but their birth as a god. And if you know about ancient Egypt, they really, really celebrated their pharaohs and worshipped them as if they were gods and believed that they were gods. And so at some point in their life, they would have this 
kind of rebirth where now they were no longer just a measly little human, but they were a god. And I think that sounds familiar. I remember hearing something in Sunday school about, oh, and it was the Pharaoh's birthday. And then we just kind of like glassed over it. I was like, wait, what? what? Was there a present? Was it a party? I bet it was a good party. It was a Pharaoh. But you know, you never talk about anything super interesting in Sunday school. Am I right? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Total sidetrack. But I was talking to some friends recently about something that I've always thought. (laughs) And one day, maybe if I'm rich, I can make it happen. I think that some of the stories in the Old Testament would make a killer HBO series. (laughs) If you've actually read the Old Testament in detail and paid attention to the things that they maybe don't talk about in church, they're really horrifying. (laughs) One of them is, oh my gosh, I'm on a tangent. I have to stop. Never mind. (laughs) So next we have birthday candles, and they are originally a Greek practice. Gods and goddesses were a huge part of Greek culture. Greeks offered many tributes and sacrifices to appease their gods. The lunar goddess Artemis was no different. As a tribute to her, the Greeks would offer up moon-shaped cakes adorned with lit candles to recreate the glowing radiance of the moon and Artemis perceived beauty. The candles also symbolized the sending of a signal or prayer. Blowing out the candles with a wish is another way of sending that message to the gods. I like that. There's something nice and sweet and symbolic about that. It's it's good. It's good. It's good imagery. I li- I like that. Another practice and belief is that candles ward off evil spirits. Some pagan cultures thought that days of major change, such as birthdays, welcomed evil spirits. Eventually, they lit candles in response to these spirits, almost as if they represented a light in the darkness. This implies that birthday celebrations started as a form of protection. In addition to candles, friends and family would gather around the birthday person and protect them from harm with good cheers, thoughts, and wishes. They would give gifts to bring even more cheer that would ward off evil spirits. Noisemakers were also used to scare away the unwanted evil. Oh my gosh, that's just like so silly to think about. Not silly, like these are their beliefs, but it's interesting to me to think about the little things that we have. Yay, you know, those noisemakers when we just use them, we have no idea where they came from. It's just one of the things that you do. If you went to like a New Year's Eve party and you saw noisemakers, that's usually where I find noisemakers. You don't think twice about it because it's just a standard thing. But how many of those standard things in your culture, in our society, do you use? And you don't even know why or where they came from. I mean, I guess it's not super important to know where these things came from, but I'm interested. They're things that we use on the regular. (laughs) Why not learn about them? 
Contemporary birthday cakes were invented by German bakers. Kinderfest, which came out of late 18th century Germany, is the closest prerequisite to the contemporary birthday party. This celebration was held for German children, or Kinder, and involved both birthday cake and candles. However, unlike today, the candles burned all day and were often replaced when the flame died down. Finally, before the cake was eaten, the candles were blown out and the child would make a wish. The belief was that the smoke would carry the wish to heaven. And like modern tradition, the birthday girl or boy wouldn't tell anyone their wish, so it would come true. Kids got one candle for each year they had been alive plus another to symbolize the hope of living for at least one year more. Oh my gosh, that's such a cute name. Kinderfest. I like kinder for kids. I mean, I think we're used to it with kindergarten because, you know, English is just a mix of a bunch of other things. But kinderfest, I think that's my favorite German word. And maybe the only one I know. <laughs> Birthdays and early Christian views. The early Christians did not celebrate Christ's birth because they considered the celebration of anyone's birthday to be a pagan custom. Around the 4th century, Christians changed their mind and began to celebrate the birthday of Jesus as a holiday of Christmas. This new celebration was accepted into the church partly in hopes of recruiting those already celebrating the Roman holiday of Saturnalia. It's always interesting to look back and see how much religion is involved or not involved in holidays and how for a long time, the Roman Catholic Church was super resistant for holidays. And then they got some fun new popes and they're like, yeah, let's do it. Let's just mesh everything together and put our own spin on it. <laughs> There's totally different ways of looking at that. One could be robbing a culture of their practices and their identity. And another, some people say that, oh, it's a way that they can incorporate those beliefs Whichever way you look at it, it's totally up to you. But I just think it's interesting to learn about. Cultural birthday celebrations. In Latin cultures, a girl's 15th birthday is celebrated with a quinceanera. For Catholics, the celebration begins with a mass and ends with a party as it's both a religious and special recognition of womanhood. Some Latin families that have different religious affiliations will still have a quinceanera as they want to continue to observe the cultural practice. There was such a cute episode in this show. It's a sitcom called One Day at a Time, and it's a Cuban-American family, and the daughter is super resistant of having a quinceanera and she goes 
looks back and talks about it was the way to parade a woman around the village and say, now she's available to have sex with and marry off. Her character's super fun, but sometimes she can be a little aggressive in her beliefs. But she eventually decides to have a quinceanera because she realizes it's really special and important to her family. And she wants to share that experience with them. And it's so cute because before her quinceanera, she comes out and they they really they really do that very, very well. Fast forward back to the quinceanera. She's like putting on her dress, you know, a few days before. And her grandma's super cute. She's like, well, you don't love it? She goes, no, I like it. It's really pretty. And she keeps talking to her. And she's like, well, why, why, why don't you like it? And so eventually she's like, I'm, I'm going to redo it. The grandma, I'm going to redo your dress until you love it. I, I want I want a good reaction. So the day of the quinceanera, she the grandma finally reveals what she has made. And she used the top from the dress. So she's got like a sparkly kind of like corset, like fun top. And then she has this like super cute pantsuit. And she cries and she's like, I love it. This is perfect. And so it's a really good way that they incorporate and make it their own thing. How she's able to to be, hey, I'm here and I'm queer and I'm still having a quinceanera and loving life. And I really, really, (laughs) it was like a really adorable moment. I really liked it. Another Hispanic tradition is a piñata another fairly well-known Latin American, primarily Mexican, birthday tradition involves beating an object with a stick until candy falls out. Piñatas are present at many celebrations, not just birthdays, and can take the form of the traditional donkey, cartoon characters, and even politicians. It's a great way to relieve stress. (laughs) An old tradition in parts of Germany for men who were still single on their 30th birthday was to sweep the steps of City Hall while dressed in drag ow, ow, <laughs> until they could find a virgin to kiss. Oh my gosh. Fortunately, it's been modernized a bit since then. Now, single men and women spend their 30th birthday drinking cheap booze with their friends while sweeping steps or doing other chores to show they're eligible for marriage. I like that update. I like how they include both men and women. And it's just like some of these things. I love the drag, though. That seems kind of that seems the opposite of conservative. And so it's just kind of funny to think of men dressed in drag, swooping steps, going, someone kiss me, please. (laughs) In Jewish traditions, boys have a bar mitzvah on their 13th birthday and girls have a bat mitzvah on their 12th or 13th birthday. This marks the transition where they become obligated in the commandments of which they were previously exempt and are counted as a part of the community. Now, I have never personally been to a bar mitzvah or a bat mitzvah, and I, I'll tell you what, I wish I have, because <laughs> anytime I see it, in a TV show or in a movie, they look like some awesome parties. Am I right? They go all out and it just, ugh, it just looks cute and fun. And I really, really appreciate, and I know I'm saying it's cute and fun and it's this religious holiday, but in saying that, I appreciate that these things are still being done. And especially in the Jewish communities, they're, there's really great ways that they're still keeping these things 
around and they're still celebrating as part of not just their religion, but also their their culture and their heritage. And so I think it's cute because I think it's beautiful because it is beautiful. It's a way that they can celebrate their heritage with their friends and their family and their community. Oh, I think it's so great. A show that I really like, and I have no idea if it's accurate or not, so don't hold me against it if anyone's listening and they're Jewish and they're like, that show's not correct. I'm sorry. I didn't know. But I do like it is The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and it's on Amazon Prime. And it's oh, it's just it's so fun because she's Jewish. And so therefore, you see her family and her friends and the things that they do in their community. And I, I really liked it. And I don't know if I've seen like a running show like that before. Doesn't mean they don't exist. It's just the first one I've watched and I really liked it. And there's a part where she's a stand-up comedian. It's also set in the 60s. And so the costumes are beautiful. Oh, it's just like super well done. And there's a part where she's performing with some other performers and she's at like a USO tour and they say, all right, and then we're going to sing White Christmas. <laughs> and she's like, I don't know the, I don't know the words to White Christmas. What do you mean you don't know the words to white Christmas? She's like, well, I'm Jewish. And and he's like, ah, well, just fake it. And so it's exactly what she does. And so she's up there and they're all singing and she's just kind of, uh-huh, yeah, okay. Uh, It's cute. So for me and my birthday, I wanted to do this episode because it was very recent. I had my birthday on Sunday and it's also... I don't know exactly when I put out my first episode, but it's kind of like the birthday of the podcast because I started it last year. So I thought that it was fitting. So my birthday, it was so fun. You'll hear about it more in the next episode where we review Happy Death Day. It was so good to have friends over because last year, of course, we were stuck in lockdown. Everything just felt kind of lame and scary and stressful. And, you know, holidays and any kind of celebration in 20 was just kind of like, super lame. So it was nice. We had a couple friends over and that's that's all I need. Just need a couple friends. Just need you to text me and say happy birthday and I'm good. And that's exactly what it was. It was great. It was so fun to have them over. And we watched Happy Death Day and did a review. And also, so my friend Brendan... (laughs) I didn't ask if I could say your name, but I'm doing it. (laughs) He just moved back here, back here as into the U.S. He was living in Europe for a while where he met a wonderful girl and she is finally here now. And so she was there on my birthday and she asked if Americans do birthday toasts. And I said, oh, nope, but I'm open to it. And, you know, we kind of like asked her, like, what does that entail? And she just said, oh, you know, like good wishes for the next year. And then I was like, oh, OK. And after they sang to me and I blew out the candles, she was so cute and said a bunch of really cute, wonderful things and wishing me well for the next year of my life. So that was kind of fun. And I like learning about what people do in, in different cultures, especially if it's different than my own. Oh, and I probably said this in the other episode, but I made a peanut butter and jelly cream pie. Doesn't that sound crazy? It was so good. And part of the reason I had to invite people over is because Chris hates peanut butter, like like hates it. It really grosses him out. I don't want to make a whole pie for myself because that's depressing. You know, it's even more depressing when you finish it after a week. So I invited friends over, made sure that they didn't have peanut allergies. 
Uh, and it was it was so good. I don't know why I'm in my 30s and I crave peanut butter and jelly. I don't know why. You'd think you'd grow out of it like it's kids food, but it's not. It was amazing. I highly recommend it. Look on Pinterest. There's multiple recipes. So yes, that's what I had. A peanut butter and jelly cream pie. Oh, and it very well might become my new birthday tradition because it was awesome. Hey, let me know if you want the recipe. Message me on Instagram. And now I want to know from you, what's your dessert of choice? Cake or pie? And what flavor? And if you don't do that, what's something else that you do? Vegan ice cream, fruit tower, you name it. Let me know. Message me on Instagram at Folklore Friday Podcast, or you can email me at Folklore Friday at Gmail. And on the next episode, which we will be doing a review of Happy Death Day, we'll tally it up how many people like cake and how many people like pie. And then that would be cool to do like a flavor comparison as well. Oh my gosh. This makes me want cake so bad. I gotta tell you what, if cake was healthy, I would eat it every day. I would find a way, at least at least like, like a cupcake. Have you ever had one of those mini cupcakes? They're perfect because they're not messy like, like a regular size cupcake. Does anyone else feel like they just don't know how to eat a regular size cupcake? Do you rip it in half? Do you just try to eat it all in one bite like Scooby-Doo and Shaggy with their sandwiches? But mini cupcakes, I swear, that's where it's at. So yeah, if cake was healthy, I would eat it. Every day, my house, my kitchen would just be like continuously filled with mini cupcakes. (laughs) And before I go, just another plug. If you could show me a little love and leave me a review on whatever platform you're listening to the podcast on. This is an independently run podcast by yours truly. So if you could leave me a review, I would super, super appreciate it. So I'm going to go and I'm going to try not to think about how much I want another peanut butter and jelly cream pie right now. So I hope you join us next time. Doodaloo!